Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. We're going to keep going in this uh, series of, of God's Kingdom that we started last week. Last week, if you weren't here, it was called God's Kingdom. What even is it really? Here and now. And we kind of landed on the fact that God's kingdom here and now in our lives is not like any earthly kingdom and how we understand it. It's the breaking in of a supernaturally origined, realm-spanning rule and reign of Jesus Christ, where anyone here on earth who has brought circumstances, place, hearts, whole lives into the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ the King where every good manifestation of the kingdom is then working its way out in that place. No borders, no borders of church, no borders of countries, no borders. It's just wherever the rule and reign of Jesus is. That's kind of what we talked about last week. And I know at least Matt um, was really excited to be able to binge episode two. The wait's over. Yep. I hope you're still as excited by the end of this message as what you were here last week. And I've, I've been praying, revelations, Lord. Are you like revelations of your kingdom? Because the kingdom's revealed. You know, it's not only learned about. It's, it's, it's supernaturally revealed. That's the way we truly know it. So that's what I've been praying. I also hope that uh, some... May have journeyed in a newfound freedom of understanding tie sizes for the first time ever in your life. Um, was there anyone here who had a beautiful tie size moment this week? You can, yeah. Anyway, anyway, to start with this episode two, it's about to drop. An honest question. Talking about God's kingdom. We did a series in God's kingdom at um, at the Solomon Centre, the work Carrie and I, my wife and I do in the sanctuary. Our space on Sunday afternoons, God's Kingdom, and we spent a few weeks here. And on one of those occasions, I just invited people to share their honest questions about the Kingdom. Gave people time to reflect, and then after some time of reflection, said, okay, what's really on your heart about Kingdom? What, what questions burn? What's there? And, and there opened up this beautiful moment where people were sharing their questions. Some were, what even is it really like? Tangibly, what is it? And that's kind of what we dealt with last week. Other people were saying, what imagery? Is it a castle? Um, is it a garden that we tend to? Is it like a, I don't know, like a business where we all have a job to do? And, and then in the midst of these questions coming out, someone piped up and said, you know what I want to know? I want to know how Jesus thinks his kingdom is actually going here. And that question, just you know how some moments just cut through and capture the attention of your heart? And I just said, oh, that, that is a great question. Can you tell me more about that? And this person said, yeah, well, I mean, if Jesus came from heaven to tell us about his kingdom and if he lived his life in every way to be a demonstration of the kingdom and if he went to the cross and if his work was finished, so that God's kingdom can be established here on earth. And if he gave his followers the same authority in him that he had before his father to be bringers of kingdom and speakers of kingdom, this person was saying, if that's all true, well, I want to know what he's really thinking. 
about what we've done with it since he went back to heaven. Like, like as he looks down, what's he thinking? Is he going, is he going well or is he thinking you guys have stuffed it up? This person then shared, so because as far as I can see, well, things may not be going as well as we'd hoped. And the moment those words came out, yeah, wow, it captured something that I realised I've been feeling, and maybe you have too. Have you ever looked around and thought, you know what? I'd like to see more kingdom than what I see. Have you ever had that sense of disappointment that you know shouldn't like if this is the all-powerful kingdom, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't there be more? And you can think about this at, at different levels in your life, like at the personal level. Those in the kingdom have had their lives come under the jurisdiction of the rule and reign of the most powerful king ever, characterized by healing and restoration and blessing and freedom and salvation and abundant life. Have you ever looked on your own life and gone, well, there's some areas don't seem to be under the rule and reign of the king. Why is that? What about the church? If there's ever a place where there should be a rich, full manifestation of the kingdom of God, isn't it? among the gathering of the individual hearts and lives who have brought themselves under the rule and reign of king. Isn't that right? So why is it that the church gets known for sometimes the opposite? Why is that? Why do we live with this yearning that the church be a greater manifestation of the kingdom? What about our nation? This one's challenging. 2,000 years ago, Jesus broke into this world with the rule and reign of the kingdom. It's available to everybody and it's the best kingdom that there ever was. Have a think of our nation. Is it, is it coming? Doesn't it seem like sometimes kingdom, God's kingdom, doesn't it seem like sometimes it's going backwards? Doesn't it? Like, I mean, we've got to talk real. We've got to talk real, don't we? Don't those questions come? And so I've kind of entitled this message, God's Kingdom. How really is it going here? How really is it going here? How do we go yearning for more of the kingdom, yet sometimes not seeing it as quick and as full? How do we live with this congruence of the, the stuff it says about the beautiful kingdom of God, but then live with something that seems like a different experience of that in some ways here. So it's just going to delve into like God's kingdom. How is it really going? And to start off with, I want to share this verse that I think is absolutely crucial in being able to understand how the kingdom is coming and understand some things around this. And it's a verse Jesus shared um, with his disciples. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. Listen to this one. Jesus said, how, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story shall I use to illustrate it? Ah, oh, 
It's like a mustard seed. Planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds. But it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. And I don't know about you, but there's something I love about this scene where Jesus is with people and Jesus, the Son of God, is wondering, um, oh, what? How can I put this? What? How can I put this for how the kingdom is here? He's talking about the kingdom here. He's not necessarily talking about the kingdom in the next age. Like, it's the same kingdom I know, but different times. How can I put this so I'll get it here? And to really understand the picture that Jesus chose about how kingdom comes here, we have to have a look at the Salvadora Persica. <laughs> Say it, it's fun. Salvadora Persica. Yeah. Check this out. I've got a few pictures. If we can get it, yeah, look at that. That's a, it's like, like that's a fancy name for a mustard plant, right? Salvadora Persica. It's a fancy name for a mustard plant. That's, that's the seed. The seed of the Salvadora Persica. The smallest, one of the smallest seeds of all the herbs that there are. And if we just go to that next slide, once you plant the Salvadora Persica, um, that's a Salvadora Persica bush, like a plant, as it's growing. And then let's go to the next slide. That's a Salvadora Persica plant still growing and just keeps, it doesn't grow too high. It just keeps, it just keeps spreading. And it's actually the largest of all kind of herbs. I'm no green thumb, so if there's an expert in the room and you've got some other scientific fact that proves me wrong, oh, don't bring it up now. Don't bring it up now. It's the smallest of seeds planted in the ground and it kind of looks small and I'm assuming you wouldn't necessarily even have anything to witness that it was there and over time it grows to be the largest of all plants. The Salvadora Persica actually grows best where conditions are not best. Dry, rocky, arid. Actually, if it's too wet or it's too lush, it stunts its growth. It won't grow well there. It grows best um, in places that, that are dry and it stays low. It's not like massively high and visible. The first it stays low, but it grows wide, really wide. This is the picture that Jesus chose to help his followers understand how is God's kingdom coming here? Because you know what? I think sometimes we need it. We want a massive, I just dumped straight in, don't we? When it comes to the kingdom here, what we envisage is, hey, dominance and a big oak just planted in with change around and it's something really visible and huge and massive from the start. Just Let's just get it all done in one hit, a big oak. Jesus says, you need to, it's, it's, it's not coming like that here. It's coming with like a small seed, a small mustard kingdom seed of compassion planted here. A conversation seasoned with the wisdom and compassion of Jesus. 
It's a miracle that God might bring about without even the person knowing it was God doing it in their lives, just planted over there. It's any abundant blessing from the kingdom just being planted like a small mustard seed everywhere in the church, outside of the church, in your life, in the lives of people around you. It's just, and then wherever that seed's planted, even if you look on and say, oh, that's dry ground. Oh, there's some rocky territory. There's some rocky territory in here. There's some rocky territory in someone I know. You know what? That mustard seed of the kingdom, it can, it can start to, over time, just start to sprout all over the place. And it could take years. It could take, it could take a long time. But Jesus liked to his disciples, rest assured, a small mustard seed of the kingdom, it grows. And it might stay under the radar. And it spreads wide. And did you see that there's not just blessing in the plant itself, there's blessing for others who come under. So that seed, as it grows, it then starts to starts to bless others. Jesus uses this picture. This is how kingdom comes to you. Just think about that for a moment. How have you been thinking about how, how kingdom comes? I think the reality is in this life, that there could well be disappointment we experience about the coming of the kingdom because of the ideas we've formed in our minds about how it's going to come. I don't think we can deny that. I don't think we can sugarcoat that, just embrace the tension of that. I think sometimes we get frustrated with this longing to see more of the kingdom because of what we envisage. And I think Jesus says to us this morning, I see that and I love your heart. But don't get disrupted by that. Don't get discouraged by that. Just embrace the tension of that and understand my kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. It takes longer than we think. It's planted deeper than we think. It grows slower than we think. But comes a point where we look on and there's this wide, stretching, most incredible manifestation of the kingdom in someone's life or in a place or in a circumstance that makes us look on and go, wow, wow, that's how kingdom comes. That's how kingdom's coming in your life. That's how kingdom's coming in the church. That's how kingdom's coming in our nation. It's not not coming. Don't ever believe that. It's just not an empire that's dumped down in a place. It's a mustard seed. And it comes. And there's healing. And there's restoration. And there's blessing and there's mercy and there's reconciliation. I love that word this morning, reconciliation. He doesn't, he holds together and he knits together. He reconciles anything. It's all the work of the kingdom and it's coming. And it's happening, it's happening here. It's happening now. It might look different to what we think, but you can't stop it. It's inevitable. It moves, it comes. That's good news, right? That's cool. That's cool. Don't ever believe it's not coming. Just understand what Jesus said about how it's coming. Do you know that if that's exciting, if that's an exciting thing, I think it is, there's something even better, and it's already been mentioned here today too. Um, don't you love it? When things prepared for the morning separately, then dovetail in together, and uh, someone, yeah, so we're going to look on, we have a role to play. Someone said something early in the service about everybody gets in, in the kingdom, everybody participates. There's no, there's no, there's no onlooker, everybody gets to play in the kingdom, right? And, and God 
gives us. It's not just that you jump in the kingdom through belief in Jesus. You actually have an integral part to play in how these mustard kingdom seeds come and start to grow. Did you know that? It's pretty cool. And so kind of for the rest of the series, the rest of today and the, and the series, I want to talk about what is, what is our role? What, what role are we invited to play in the coming of the kingdom? And uh, I'm going to just start on this first one here from Matthew chapter 6, where Tan prayed earlier on in this service. Check this out. This is the first part about our role in the coming of God's kingdom in this manner. Therefore, pray. See that? In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you have to notice this, that when the disciples came to Jesus and said, prayer, what are we doing? How do you, Jesus, want us to go about this? The first thing he says is, okay, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So the word um, is hallowed there. In other translations, it says holy, doesn't it? It says, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. But holy means set apart. Pure and set apart. Pure and different from. And so the, it would read, Alpha who art in heaven, holy and set apart is your name. But the word is not holy in this translation. It's hallowed because it's a different Greek word and hallowed carries a little bit of a different meaning. Sort of the same essence of holy, but it's actually to make holy. That's what hallowed is, to make holy. And so it would read, Our Father in heaven, make holy your name. That's a bit of a dilemma, isn't it? Because it's God. His name is holy. You know, God doesn't have to work to make his name holy. Whether we pray it or not, God is holy. So what? Like, what? Why does he use the word for hallowed? And I think what we have to realise is, is Jesus saying this is a prayer for the Lord, our Father in heaven, to work here in such a way is that his name is made holy in the eyes of people. Work in the way that make people go, whoa, you are a holy, powerful God, our Father in heaven, come and do something in the areas I go in my life, work and break in in such a way that people hallowed your name. That people hallow your name. And the specifics of that prayer, he goes on to say, specifically pray, your kingdom come, your will be done here, here, where I go, where I move, on earth in the here and now, do our work here of heaven that brings heaven's will into existence here in the breaking in instantly and fully as it is in heaven which is interesting he says to pray that hey because he's just said um, it's like a mustard seed that grows slowly but now he says pray that instantly and fully the will of heaven happens here I'm happy to live in attention to that and that's pretty exciting prayer to pray isn't it yeah get that in every place we can go we can walk around not just doing the day to day stuff 
uh, that we get is to do it. We can actually walk around and pray, oh Lord, break in with all the goodness of your kingdom in that person's life who's rich in bananas off the shelf in the supermarket up there. Oh Lord, in this cafe, as I get my extra shot flat white with one sugar, may your kingdom break into the beautiful person who has just made this for me with all your goodness. That's, that's what I'm saying. I dropped my car off at the mechanics the other week. Um, over the years, I've got to know my mechanic really, really well because my car's always there. Um, getting something done. So I, I, I dropped it off and, uh, and I just sort of said, hey, uh, mate, your courtesy car wouldn't be available, would it? And he, he looked at me and he said, oh, that wasn't part of this deal, was it? I said, no, 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 it wasn't part of this deal. I'll Uber it or whatever else. But I just thought, you know, he's got a courtesy car, I know that. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say, is it here? Is it booked out for the week or the two months that I don't have my car for? <laughs> And he has a look in his computer, he goes, oh, it's never available. He has a look at his computer, and his eyes went wide. He looks back at me, he said, it is available. It hasn't been booked out. He looked back, he checked again, he looked back at me, and he gets this look of realisation. Yeah, this is the big fella upstairs, isn't it? <laughs> he, he said, this is the big fella. So he knows a bit about my story. This is the big fella, and then he comes over like this, and he puts his arm around me, and he goes, you know, this is why I like having you around. <laughs> he said, I tell all my clients, I like that guy coming here because he's my connection to the big fella upstairs. <laughs> I wasn't sure of the theology of that. <laughs> but it wasn't the moment for correction. Do you know what I mean? So I just said, well, good. Because I don't just drop my car off here. Every time I come here, I pray for the favour of the Lord God most high to be abundantly upon you. He's just started a new business. He's got a young family. He's a great guy. And I said, in every realm of your life, whenever I come here, I just pray, your blessing and kingdom come. And I just left it. He just looked at me. I don't think he knew what to do with that. <laughs> just want to let him know. That's the role we get to play. Everywhere we go, we're not just going to work. We're not just part of a football team. We're not just in random homes. We're not just sitting in church and doing our thing. In every moment, as ones in the kingdom, we get to pray, Heavenly Father, Come and do such a beautiful work of your kingdom in this person's life that will make them go, whoa. I don't know what just happened, but it had to have been God, and I hallow, I hallow his name. I hallow his name. Pray for the kingdom of heaven to break in in specific circumstances in the lives of people all around with every goodness of the kingdom in Jesus Christ. That's part of it. But it doesn't stop at, at prayer. I want to show you this other verse from Matthew 6. This is Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, you'll, you'll, a lot of people know this one. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I'm not sure how you authentically 
interact with that verse. I want to confess, that verse has seemed like a rod to me sometimes. Like a, if you're, if you're, if you're prioritising well enough the things of the kingdom, then the blessing will come. But if you're off seeking other things, you know, this is an explanation of why not living in the fullness of it. And kind of a bit of a, bit of a rod. I don't think it was ever meant like that. Seek first the kingdom of God. And often we think that's in, in the priority sense. Prioritise it. Order it first. Put it number one. Everything else subservient to that. And we're not throwing that out, alright? That's there. But just a particular slam on it. Who loves it when jacarandas bloom? Who loves that? And there's just these, I do have a picture of it, just to, look at that. I love it when jacarandas bloom. And I'm not usually the first one to notice that they have. <laughs> I told you it wasn't a green thumb. Like we'll be driving along in the car. And usually I'll be thinking, oh, what have I got to do today? Oh, which way are we going to get there? Oh, do we need to stop and get petrol? Or oh, like... My, my head just ticks away with all the details of my life and it'll be probably Isaiah from the back seat. He goes, wow. I'm like, what? Did you see that jacaranda? And I'll be like, no. Are the jacarandas out? Yeah. Have a look. Because he's sitting in the back seat and he's looking first. He's looking first for jacarandas. Then we play this game. I wonder... How many houses, how many jacarandas we can count between our place and grandma and grandpa's house, right? Which is a run we often do. How many jacarandas in bloom are there between our place and their place? We start counting. We start looking first. We start seeking first on a drive where my head's usually, you know, a whole lot of other details and um, superfluous things like safety on the road and that sort of stuff. <laughs> we start seeking first jacarandas. The drive is less than five kilometres. We stopped counting at 75. Jacarandas in full bloom. We just, we just got bored of counting. We just went, you know what, how many? And then we just settled on just heaps. Just heaps of full bloom jacarandas. That's, that's a little bit of the meaning, I think, of what it is to seek first. Yes, priority. But open our eyes first in our journey as we go. Seek first the jacarandas in full bloom. Seek first the kingdom moments that are there. And I guarantee you, I guarantee when you start to seek them first, you will go, oh, there's more than 75. Because <laughs> more you start to see them. You start to see them. I remember at morning I was driving to the church. Um, and I've started praying, this is in a season where I start my day now just saying, God, my eyes to your kingdom, shame the kingdom. I'm praying on my way to work. I got out of the church and I walked in and I noticed the office manager wasn't sitting at her seat, but I could hear voices from the kitchen. I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. There's no other cars um, in the car park. And it's just, just mine and hers there. Who's she talking to? So I walked to the kitchen and met a young lady who had actually sheltered at the church overnight, thinking it was a community refuge centre. And it didn't take long in that encounter for a story to come out from, 
and this young lady is doing everything she possibly could to, to improve in her life so she could mother her daughter again and get to that place. It was so clearly a moment of kingdom-like mustard seed to be planted that just landed there. They prayed on the way out, God, show me your kingdom. I get out there and here's this young lady. This is a beautiful thing the Lord was doing. You know what I was thinking? Oh, how am I going to get my work done now today? Oh, I got the, got the, got the sermon. I don't need it all day on my sermon to get that right today. I, like, I know this might look ill, Ill to me, but let to be honest. All those things are going on in the background. And in that moment, God said, hang on a minute. Didn't you just pray, show me your kingdom? Did, wasn't that your prayer? He said, I just want you to pray that prayer. I want you to open your eyes. I want you to seek first kingdom as well. And the beautiful promise is, I don't know if you caught it in this verse, the beautiful, beautiful promise is that if we open our eyes and intentionally look for those kingdom moments after praying your kingdom come, Jesus actually says that you will see, you will see heaps more kingdom moments, heaps more of the mustard seed plant uh, going than you ever thought you'd see. And every other detail you thought was important for that day will be looked after as well. You see that? All these other things will be added to you. So pray your kingdom come as it is in heaven on the earth. Hallowed be your name. And open your eyes everywhere you go. Seek first the kingdom and you will see it. You will see it. That's his promise. And strangely enough, sermons will be written. Job lists will be done. You'll still leave work on time. That's how it works in the kingdom. Every year in my family, there's an institution called Grandpa's National Annual Easter Egg Hunt. The kids love it. When I start talking about Easter, they're like, oh, Grandpa will do his Easter Egg Hunt again. I'm like, is there any other thing he knows to do? You know, of course he's going to do it. And, and the kid, he tells his story. It's the same story every year. It's the same story. The Easter bunny he saw running through the yard and got his, got his sack of Easter eggs caught on one of the shrubs and it tore and all these Easter eggs poured out as the Easter bunny ran through the yard and the kids, you know, they're 18 now, but they're, no, no, they're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're younger than that. They're younger than that. The kids are on it. And they're just, they're, as he's explaining it, their energy's ramping up. They're ready to get down there. It's night time. It's in the dark. They all have torches. But I don't know if you met um, Isabella last week, our, our eldest daughter, Isabella. She is 26, but she has some special needs, so she still loves Easter egg hunts. She's like a four or five-year-old inside there. Um, but she, the balance is terrible, and, and she can't see very well, and she's just not as nimble as the, as the other kids. And so I get the job of helping her in the Easter egg hunt so that she finds eggs, right? And I'm her dad, and I want her to find as many eggs as she can. I don't want her cousins to get any, right? <laughs> so we even get a bit of a head start, and Dad says, go on, tell them, they'll get down the stairs, and, and, and Belle gets so overawed and excited, she runs off, she runs off. But she can't see and she can't bounce. And so what do I say? I call her to, hey, Bella, hey, Bella, just ask me, just ask me. Ask me to show you where those eggs are. 
And then she says she comes back and she like she doesn't talk, but I can tell she's asking me, okay, okay, Dad, show me, show me where they are. And I don't want to make it too easy for her. So I say, if I were you, I would seek first over there. I'd seek first on that windowsill. I'd seek first on that stair stringer. I'd seek first in the fork of that plant. Why am I telling her that? Because I'm a father. And I want her to find as many Easter eggs as she can possibly find. And so I say, ask me to show you. And I will show you. And then look, where I tell you to look, the whole point of it is that there's stuff to be found there. It's not because there's not much of it around. It's because I want to show Bella, there it is. I think God's saying that to us this morning. It's not that the kingdom is so sparse on the ground it can't be seen. It's not that it's not coming. Our Father is excited. He's doing this incredible work of breaking in at grassroots with mustard seed, with works of kingdom of such hope and life and blessing and power and healing and miracles. And it's, it's happening. It's already out there. And he gets so excited. He says, just ask me to break in like that. Don't run off and do your own thing. Just ask me. Show me where your kingdom's coming. Oh, in my daily life, Lord, may your kingdom come because I'm just busting to show you and seek first because I'm busting to show you where our life is about to be altered forever. I'm busting to show you with a heart that said I can never be reconciled is about to know the power that only the king can bring in his good reconciling way. I'm busting to do it. And what he's looking for is for people who won't run off and do their own thing. But they will say, okay, today I start my day. It's about your kingdom, Father. Open my eyes. I'm praying for your name to be hallowed. And show me. I'm seeking first. Show me your kingdom. So I'm just going to end this morning. It's kind of a challenge. Because we get wrapped up, don't we? Busyness and family, responsibilities, difficulties we face, we can't, they, they, they consume us and they overwhelm us. The beautiful invitation is it will all be taken care of. Pray for the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and you'll see the kingdom like you've never dreamed of before. Yeah, Ben, and yeah, come on back up. I'm just going to pray. Maybe we can stand together, eh? Maybe we can stand together. Sorry, Lord, when we've been kind of blasé and wrapped up in the stuff that looks urgent to us and consumes our attention when all the while we see in your word this beautiful truth that you're doing a work like no other has ever been done before. You're breaking in with salvation and healing and blessing and compassion and life. It's happening all over the place. You're planting millions of mustard seeds of kingdom in circumstances and places and lives. You're doing it in our hearts. You're doing it in the lives of those around us. You're doing it all the time as we go. And so just very authentically, Father, we pray. We pray for your kingdom to come. We pray that this week in the places we go here and now 
We pray that you will do such beautiful works of the manifestation of your kingdom that people and we hallowed your name. May your name be made holy in our eyes and in our knowing by the way that you graciously break in. Do that in every place we go. And we want to say, Lord, well, I'm not very good at this. I'm still learning, but in every moment, yeah, help me seek first. Help me look first. Help me intentionally think, God, what are you doing in your kingdom right here? In the cafe, in my workplace, in my home, what are you doing? Just help us look for your kingdom. We want to see Jacarandas in full bloom. We want to see your kingdom come. Help us not to miss a moment this very week. Oh, Lord, and may there be stories shared in this place next week of your kingdom come and your will being done here as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your beautiful kingdom. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. And there's nothing like you, our awesome king. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.